Today's conversation is with Danny Kennedy. Danny is a strength and conditioning coach based out of Melbourne, Australia. We talk about the fitness industry, the impact of coronavirus, training, and mental health. Cool, mate. Um, thanks for jumping on again, Danny. Um, obviously, I butchered the audio last time, so thanks for uh, taking the time out again for us. Pleasure, mate. It was an enjoyable chat the first time, so I reckon this one will be even better. Perfect, mate. Well, um, we're on the other side of COVID now. Um, I, oh, I shouldn't say the other side of COVID. We're on the other side of quarantine. Um, and um, I guess, you know, gyms are going to start to open up again. People are going outside. What have you sort of seen, I guess, reflections on COVID and, and I guess how people handled it and, and I guess some, any learnings from it, mate? Yeah, it's, it's good that we're kind of finally getting towards the other side of, um, I guess, the worst of it, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Hopefully there's no kind of um, rebound or anything like that once we go back into normal, normal day-to-day activities. But I guess initially what most people could agree on is that we saw a fair bit of panic, which is understandable initially um, in terms of people you know, not knowing whether whether their job is going to be secure financially is quite stressful, obviously as well, the whole health side of it, which is very obvious. Um, people were quite stressed about considering we didn't really know too much about um, COVID and, and what the effects were going to be. But I think that only really lasted to be perfectly honest for a couple of weeks. And then after that, you saw people then start to realize that it was going to hang around for a while and it wasn't just going to be a, a two week type of quarantine thing that it was going to be a while, which meant that, we needed to actually do something and we couldn't just sit down at home and watch Netflix and, and eat garbage um, for the whole time we're, we're in isolation and quarantine. And um, I guess that was when you saw the decision that people made. They were either going to, um, you know, make the most of this, this period and, and, you know, level up and make sure that they put themselves in a good position once things go back to normal and get resourceful and use, use what they had available to them to continue to move forward in, in a different way than what they usually would. Or you had the people that kind of made the, the opposite decision to just kind of sit back and wait for this to all pass. And I think you're going to find that once we get back to normal, that those that, um, you know, put in the, the, work, the work and put in the effort to, to be resourceful and, and try and move forward, even though it may be different than what they're used to, they're the ones that are going to be in a much better position um, once we get onto the other side of this. And, and it, I, I thought it was a bit of a separator. You see the people that you know, are using any excuse possible really to, to back off and not put in the work and, and to get out of their normal routine and find some excuse to, to take it easy. Whereas you see a lot of other people and, you know, I guess talking in, in regards to owning your own business or, or even those that are just employees and stuff is that you see those that are, that are willing to actually continue to move forward and, and find a way, whatever, whatever way necessary to continue to work towards achieving their goals and, um, and you just need to be able to adapt and we've found out pretty quickly who can and who can't adapt. And, um, yeah, I think that's, that, that's where we kind of, that's how I saw it anyway. And, and in terms of health and fitness, I reckon more people are exercising now than, than ever before because we realized that there was not much else to do. So even if it's just walking or doing some form of light activity, I reckon there's not more people training than what there was before. And, um, in the health and fitness industry, um, you know, if you didn't have any form of online aspect to your business, you got found out pretty quick and, and probably realized that you should have been doing it before. But a lot of businesses, I would think, are in a much better position once this is done compared to before, you know, in terms of 
having a few more um, uh, avenues to go down with their business, whether that be having built out an online platform, um, whether that's just be you know getting better at communicating or building a bit of a community around their brand throughout the the time that people haven't been able to do stuff, whether it's giving out free content and stuff like that. Um, yeah. So for some people, I think this has been probably a good thing and for others, not so much, but everyone should definitely have learned um, a hell of a lot. I would have thought. Yeah. Um, and you talk about having an online presence and you've got a pretty strong online presence, um, you know, giving out some really good information for free. Where did that all start? Um, and, and I guess the, the sort of, journey to to get it to this point of you know having some sort of influence in the social media landscape and in the fitness industry particularly in in melbourne australia well for me it started in the end or at the end of 2013 to be honest i, I created like a, a fitness instagram account which at the time was just for me to post up a bit of my own stuff and um just share my own journey and um, then once I started my personal training business, I used that platform to continue to just document what I was doing with my training, with my clients. Um, you know, I ended up doing a number of different things in the industry in terms of like stuff by myself and stuff with work, which I, again, I just use social media to document everything I was doing. And, and I guess like the biggest thing for me is that it's been consistent. So literally since the end of 2013, you know, even talking about Instagram, um, by itself like I, I reckon i've posted at least some form of content every single day without fail since since then and with the aim of of that content being um you know helpful relatable and um and to be able to have some provide some value to at least one person with every piece um of content so consistency across that platform has been huge and then in that process i, I created an email list which i try and be really um consistent with as well like throughout this isolation period i've gone back to trying to get out an email almost every single day of the week to my list um you know i've been running my podcast for about three years now which is an episode at least every single week for free and then you know the other platforms such as facebook and stuff like that i've, I've utilized as well and touched on snapchat for a little while it, um you know i i've always found for me like the three platforms that have worked best for me in terms of getting content out there and which has helped me slowly, um, you know, and I emphasize slowly because it has been a very slow process, um, build up an audience and that'd be the Instagram stories in particular, um, my email list, which I think is a great way to communicate with your audience and then the podcast, but it's been consistent and very slow and it's still nowhere near like where I would like it to be. But I know that the only reason it's where it is now is because I've been so consistent and stuck to the same message and like the same purpose throughout the whole period. So for me, it's just a matter of continuing to do that now. And obviously things need to adapt when new platforms come out or when certain landscapes change and stuff. But in the end of the day, it's just trying to find where people's attention is and provide as much value as possible so that when they need something that I can offer, then they're way more inclined to, to listen and also to, um, you know, obviously I, I run a business, so I need people to, to pay for my service or my products. And, um, and I think the way that I've gone about it with my marketing, I guess you'd call it, um, is, is probably like the best way, particularly in a service-based industry, because it's all well and good to make it a, a quick dollar. But if I'm, you know, I obviously want to do this for a very long time. So I don't really want to 
sell out on like a quick product just to make a, a few bucks and then you know you lose it's very easy obviously to to ruin yeah your brand by in in like the the kind of behavior that you're showing with um when you're trying to sell or not sell or whatever so very long answer but yeah they're the they're the platforms i've used yeah, I was going to say, I was actually going to touch on this um, a little later, but uh, since you talked about uh, building brand, I think um, people worry about um, making a buck first rather mm. than building the brand and then making the buck later. Um, and that seems to be more sustainable um, in the long term. Um, given that, um, where do you think like the fitness industry is currently placed because you know um you know we've just had this quarantine um obviously we've had the pandemic um a lot of people um that have audiences um have put out fitness programs and whether they're good or bad or indifferent um people have purchased them because you know they don't know who to see they don't know they just don't have the information at hand um so where do you sort of i guess see the fitness industry currently and and people's i guess um knowledge um of what's good and what's bad well i think you know as you touched on there is an absurd amount of content um fitness related health and fitness related now that you can get access to for free whether it be on social media platforms whether it's youtube articles magazines you know the guy you talk to in the gym every time you go there or whatever it is, there's just so much information, which is a good and bad thing. And I think it's good. It's good because it's bringing more awareness and it's getting more attention around health and fitness. I think more, it's becoming more popular and I guess trendy, I guess you could say to, to be involved in health and fitness now, like way more than what it used to be. Um, and that's, you know, I think that is thanks to, group fitness style training to be perfectly honest like where where they build up a bit of a community and stuff like that but that's not saying that all these styles of training um are are a great thing or that they're they're the right way to go about it and and definitely it's not saying that the information that you can get everywhere um is information that you should kind of trust but it's good because it gives people you know like myself and and others in the industry a chance to be able to provide as much value as you can and show show what um people should be listening to but it's bad because as i've touched on you can just get there's some conflicting information out there and you know we'll just talk about nutrition even um on it by itself like if you tried to search up today like what's the best approach to nutrition you'd find thousands of different answers so it makes it very hard if you've got no idea to figure out what's you know what's right and what's wrong or what's the best approach for you um but so, so in that regard, I think it's 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 not great, but like I touched on with the fact that we're in ISO now and everyone's exercising, the more the more people we can get moving, the better. In the end of the day, regardless of whether it's the most optimal approach or not, if people are exercising, people are getting healthier and they're moving, then eventually they're going to come across the right information anyway. Um, what I've seen, particularly in isolation at the moment, is that you know, every man and his dog's posting a. Uh, home workout you can do at home and anyone that's ever been to the gym before all of a sudden is a personal trainer which may not necessarily be a, a great thing uh, but if you've got reliable sources whether it be podcasts you listen to accounts you follow on social media or if you're paying for a service to to learn from a, a trainer who's a reputable trainer then um, i think it's a great thing so in that 
in that um, aspect, I think at the moment in Australia, the fitness industry is is booming. Like there's a lot of attention around it. You know, obviously at the moment we're not doing fitness expos and stuff anymore. But um, if you've ever gone to one of those in the last year or two, they're absolutely jam packed. There's just a huge interest around it, and like I said, it's becoming popular, and people want to do it because it's it's the thing to do. And um, you look at places like the states who have huge um, huge communities based around like group training gyms in the states which is getting very similar here and um i think it can only be a good thing um as long as you're getting the information from reliable sources yeah i i tend to agree um i guess you know you have or, or from the outside looking in you have a pretty large female audience um where did that, I guess, come about and, and having like a sort of, I guess, a focus on, on training females? Um, you know, did you have any um, apps that you were aligned to or any partnerships that you had or any females that sort of you train and then sort of word of mouth sort of um, kick that off? Yeah, well, obviously my interest is in strength training and, and the differences I saw it made, um, not only to me physically, but like just to my life in general and that quickly became my passion. So regardless of whether it was male or female, I wanted to help other people understand that and experience it for themselves. And it just happened to be that, you know, it had a, a bigger impact when I taught females because you know, typically a female will come to me for advice on training and nutrition and they've probably never lifted weights before. They're probably doing a lot of cardio. They've, you know, like we talk, talked about before, maybe they're getting the information from, the wrong sources and um, that can really create a pretty unhealthy relationship with not only food, but training as well. Um, if you're not, if your knowledge is, is, is not kind of up to speed. So for me, I really enjoyed getting fem female clients who had never really lifted weights before teaching them how to do strength training, showing them the differences it can make in their body and, and their confidence and, and all that stuff as well. And, and as I said, I document a lot of it on my social media. So that started to create a bit of um, attention or awareness around what I was doing with girls. And, um, and that's something that I enjoyed. So that, that in itself already started to grow my female audience. And then um, I guess working with a number of different, I guess you'd say influencers or people with profiles um, that happen to be female as well. And then, um, and that obviously gets a bit more attention around the content I'm putting out as well and then I then started with the girls from Keep It Cleaner so Steph Claire Smith and Laura Henshaw back in 2017 I think it was um, where they developed their app Keep It Cleaner and um, I'm the trainer for the program so I programmed all of the the training aspect of the app which was the kind of key component um, of that and that's just continued to grow over the last few years and and gotten bigger and bigger so in that regard, I was able to reach a, obviously a, a, a much larger female audience through them because they're, they're, they both have quite large profiles. So that helped a lot. And, and yeah, so once I saw that that was the case, I think like any business, if you, if you figure out what your niche is, then you should really try and target and, and stay specific to what that, that target client is or that niche audience is. And so that's what I've done, created some more female programs online and, and continue to help help out with the girls that keep it cleaner and, and just put out content that I know is going to help girls and, um, and try and help them, I guess, save time and mistakes with their training and nutrition and, and show them the best path to, to get to what, to what they want to, what they want to do. And that may not be for everyone in terms of lifting weights. If that's, 
if that's the case. But um, if I can help in any way, then then I will. And as it's just turned out, it's just ended up being a lot more female than male um, over the last couple of years in particular. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I've noticed you um, um, train a few athletes like uh, Mitch Creek, for example. Um, and where do you, what do you find the difference between, I guess, training an athlete or, or someone that's, you know, has a specific goal in mind um, versus, you know, just, just a average Joe, let's say. Mm. Well, for me, I quite enjoy it because, <coughs> you know, a lot of people that come and just want to do personal training, they don't necessarily have a specific goal in mind. It might just be lose weight, might be build some muscle. And even then, like I try and get them to really narrow down exactly what they want to achieve out of their training. But when you're working with an athlete, particularly when it's over the off season, because, you know, a lot of the athletes I work with play team sports, um, bar, bar a few of them, but whether it's AFL or basketball, like you mentioned, even things like motocross and stuff, which is obviously an individual sport, they have off season. So that's when I'm working with them. So if they come to me and they're at the end of the season and they may have had an injury that season or they may just be lagging in a certain area, most of the time we're trying to work on something really specific. So I, I really enjoy that because I can program exactly, I can program around what they want. So when we're training, every session has a purpose. Every session has um, a focus. And and on you know working with professional athletes, you know that they're going to do exactly what you want them to do, and they're going to follow exactly what you ask. And it's it's really cool. And particularly when when you see a good result, which is obviously um, obviously the main focus. But they come to you and they spend a month or two with you, and then they go back to their team and they've built up the area that their team want them to work on, and then. And then, you know, they go and have a good season or they go and play well and, and they stay injury-free. And then that's kind of rewarding. That's really rewarding for me. And, um, and they obviously get a lot out of it as well. So, uh, yeah, I guess that's the biggest difference is that each session is just so specific to what their specific goal is. And as much as I absolutely love training general population as well, I, you know, there's, I definitely get more enjoyment out of um, working with someone who has a very... Um, specific goal and particularly when it's when you've got a time frame as well whether they're getting ready for their pre-season or whether they're getting ready for uh, a match coming up in season whatever it is um, I guess that pressure behind making sure that you you achieve what their specific goal is is really enjoyable yeah Um, and how do you like I guess refine your uh, yeah, your, your training programs, your training principles, your method, uh, methodologies. Um, how have you done that over, I guess, the journey? How have I come up with them or how have yeah, I Yeah, yeah. And, and how have you, have you come up with them and how have you refined them, um, I guess, just to level them up? Well, I've always been big on, on practicing what I preach and trial and error. So a lot of it initially... Um, was just trial and error, to be honest, trying a bunch of different things, seeing what works, seeing what didn't work. Um, and that's now given me the chance to be able to save a lot, other people a lot of time because I've already wasted a lot of my own <laughs> trying to figure out what works and what doesn't. But I think education and, and making sure you're continually upskilling and, and staying on top of information and knowledge is just so important and not getting complacent with what I already know. So attending seminars, subscribing to research papers each month, you know, going and just having um, a meeting or a coffee with someone who is far more knowledgeable than me, going and and studying up on different other areas that um, that I can take bits and pieces from, even taking bits and pieces from people that aren't even in the health and fitness industry that I can then apply with with my own stuff as well. But 
I just think it's so important that you don't get stuck to one idea. Like, you know, although my beliefs on training and nutrition are very, very strong and I'm very confident that they, they work at the moment. If someone came to me tomorrow with the research paper saying, this is, this is actually what works. What you've been doing is not the most optimal way. Then tomorrow I'll start applying that knowledge to, to what I'm doing. I'm not kind of like stuck in my ways of thinking that my way is the only way. Um, I think that's really important and, and it's something that you, that you see a lot of uh, trainers in particular get stuck with is that they, they get so stuck in doing their own, their own way that they're not willing to be open to anything else. But yeah, so I just think further education as much as possible, um, trial and error, practice what I preach and, um, and, and, and making sure that res- the results are measurable, whether it's with me or with my clients. Cause if I'm not getting results, doesn't matter what the research papers say, or it doesn't matter what, my knowledge is if it's not working, then it's not working. So you've got to, it's just trial and error and, and making sure that you're, um, that yeah, you're constantly trying to upskill any way possible. Yeah, for sure. And um, I guess exercise in any form um, sort of has a direct relation to mental health. Um, you know, you exercise and you feel good. Um, and I guess now sort of in, our attention or in front of our eyes has been sort of mental health and gratitude and empathy and all these types of buzzwords now. Um, what do you feel about the topic of mental health right now and how people, I guess, are coping with that side of things? Yeah, it's a, something that I'm really um, passionate about. And, and, you know, you look at times like, like right now, I think there'd be a lot of people that are struggling maybe not as much now as what they were a month or two ago, but um, it, very high pressure and stressful times. And that can lead to you know, everyone feeling pretty anxious and stressed out. And, and obviously some people suffer more severely than others, but you know, mental health is definitely an area that I, I'm really interested in, um, interested in, in bringing more awareness to the topic, figuring out, you know, again, educating myself on how I can take care of my own mental health, which then, I like to document or even just learn about to try and hopefully help others with theirs as well in terms of generating awareness and stuff. You know, I've done a few events. I think the first one was 2017 or maybe 18. Um, I did a 24 hour sled push challenge to raise as much money and awareness as we could for beyond blue. Um, You know, and it's not even about like how much money was raised or whatever. It's more so just getting as many people aware of what we were doing and, and, and bringing more eyes and, years to the topic because it is just so important and as you touched on physical health and mental health just tie in so well together so being able to work with people face to face and in person and seeing the difference it makes in them even you know i'll have clients come in in a horrible mood or feeling not great about themselves at the start of our session and within an hour they'll leave feeling completely different so i just want to keep figuring out ways that i can integrate the two and i think that you know, the opposite applies as well. I'm really big on morning routine and, and trying to take care of my own headspace so that when I leave my house and, and go and do everything I need to do for the day, my headspace is good. And so I think it works both ways. You know, if you're taking care of your mental health, it's a lot easier to take care of your physical health. And then if you're staying healthy physically, um, the benefits that it has mentally is quite significant as well. Yeah, and aside, I guess aside from exercise specifically, what have you, um, I guess, implemented for yourself or implemented for your clients um, that seems to work um, in regards to mental health? Well, I've got a few kind of, I guess, non-negotiables that I do each day. The, the first one for me is, 
and meditation and, and I'm trying to do it every single day um, in some way or another, depending on how, how long it goes for whatever. But guided meditation, I think, is a really good one, even if it's just focusing on your breathing and trying to become present and slow down. That's been a game changer for me. Um, like, yeah, before I started it, I would, you would you would have thought I'd be like the last person to, to give it a go. But I can definitely say that it's made a significant difference in my life. So that's something that I would I try and recommend to all of my clients and even anyone that comes across my content. I'm really big on setting goals and intentions for the day and just really gaining clarity around what you want to achieve out of each and every single day, every week, even even like before you go and do things broken up throughout the day. So like I might train clients for a few hours and then I finish up and then you know, I might have this podcast with you. So before the podcast, I try and set my intentions and clarity around what headspace I want to be in for this, what I want your audience to get out of it, you know, what I want you to get out of it, what I want to get out of it. I think that's really important. And then um, I guess the other thing that I'm really big on is um, gratitude and, and just um, expressing what I'm grateful for. And I, that's something that I do with pen and paper every single day. So writing down, between kind of five to 10 things every single morning um, or evening, what I'm grateful for. And I reckon that's been a, a really, it's made a big difference for me as well. So those, those kind of three things are stuff that I recommend to absolutely everyone. Um, and I think if you're doing even one of those, it's going to make a big difference, but doing all three of those and making that a habit and, and a daily thing, making it part of your daily routine and, um, I, I just can't see how it's not going to make a big difference in your life. And um, for to be perfectly honest, everyone who who I've worked with who is who has done it um, has seen a, a huge impact um, with theirs. So yeah, they're the three things that I do day in day out. Yeah, fantastic. Um, I was going to say that the gratitude point of um, I guess mental health or acknowledging that is a big one for everyone. I think um, life is uh, pretty on go 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 all the time and 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 when you can just sort of i guess sit down and, and sort of actually acknowledge um things you're you know happy about things you're, you're thankful for um it puts a bit of perspective on that um particularly with what's going on in the world at the moment especially in the states um i guess um to, to close out on um what do you think um like is the next step in, in the fitness industry and moving forward um out of this pandemic um do you think people are just going to continue rolling along with what they've pivoted through their businesses um online is what you've touched on before um and and hopefully rolling back into um some sort of um i guess a normal environment again yeah i'd like to think so i think as much as people have been a bit panicky and stressed about coronavirus um I think everyone's really itching just to get back into normal routine and and as as good as the online space is i think it's it's so powerful that people just want like to be a part of like a little bit of a community they want to be around other people um and so that's why i think gyms and stuff will fill up again quite quickly to be honest group training i think will be booming um initially because people want that group environment and, and that motivation to be around others and train in saying that the online space I think has to stay busy now. Like it, I can't see how it's going to drop off mainly because people have realized a couple of things, you know, they've realized that they are able to run, you know, part, if not all of their business online compared to before. Um, they've realized that they're able to, as a business owner, they've realized they're made able to, to make money 
online. Maybe they weren't doing that before. They were just relying on, on, you know, trading time for money. Whereas now they may have understood that there's services they're able to provide where they're able to kind of generate more income from the same amount of work, just providing it online, which is quite good. But I think, yeah, people will have a good mix. It'd be interesting to see whether a lot of those that have kind of set themselves up with home gyms and stuff like that, where they go back to a regular gym, um, I'm not too sure, but I just can't see it'll make too much of a difference. People just want to get back to normality and see other people and train with other people. And as good as it is training at home and stuff online, it's it's a lot easier to get motivated to train when you walk inside the doors of the gym and you're there for a reason compared to training in in your lounge room where you've spent you know the rest of your day doing everything else that you need to do. It's a bit harder to get motivated when you're in the exact same environment. So I think it'll be fine. Um, I'm looking forward to it. It'll be interesting. There's going to be there's going to be a lot more competition now, anyway, in terms of as a trainer and in the health and fitness industry, because everyone is kind of on the same level now. Because most people have started up some form of online platform for their coaching. Um, for those that have gyms, they're obviously going to reopen again. So yeah, it'd be good. I'm excited. Yeah, um, I think I think we're all looking forward to it. So it should be hopefully um, a good back end to the year. Um, for everyone. Um, so thanks for jumping on again, Danny. Um, appreciate you taking the time. Absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me on, mate. Thanks, mate. Cheers.